Thank you for tuning in to the Pulse WV Live and Network that beats to the heart of God. I'm your host, John Fowler, and I hope you're having a great day or a great morning or a great afternoon wherever you may be watching or you may be listening. Hey, I want to encourage you today. Be sure to download the Pulse WV app. You can do it on if you have an iPhone, you can go to the uh, the App Store, or you can go, if you have an a, uh, Android, you can go to the Google Store, be able to download the Pulse WV Live. We want to encourage you to do that. Get 24 hours a day, seven days a week music, and also some of the best preaching and the best teaching, and you can get it from John Sandy, Pastor Jay Mace, and also, uh, my special guest, my darling wife of 34 years, Christy Fowler, in the studio today. And Christy has a message that uh, she shared on Sunday uh, morning at the Pulse in Gasaway today, uh, or the other day, entitled, Let Down Your Nets. And so what we're doing is uh, we always try to debrief on the sermon and uh, and hit the highlights on what uh, what God was saying to the congregation. So, Christy, it's great having you in the studio today. It's very rare that you're you're live on the radio with yes. us, and uh, so it's good to good to have you here. So, when you when you titled this message "Let Down Your Nets," where did that come from? Well, I do devotions in the morning, and on this particular day, there was a passage of scripture, and it was Luke chapter five, verses one through eleven, and in it, Jesus told Peter to let down your nets. So it just sounded appropriate at the time, so I ran with it. But it could have been the big ask, A-S-K, or it could have been Your Adventure Awaits, or it it could have been a lot of titles, uh, Your Assignment Awaits. So there was a lot that I could have pulled from, but it just, when I was having my devotions, that was the passage I read, and it just sounded appropriate at the time. One of the things that you said that I really enjoyed, and and it's missed opportunity. People have so much missed oh, opportunity. Yes. And and one of the things, if you can talk about that, because I think it's very important that uh, we miss opportunities every day to be able to be used of God. And it's not a burden to be used by God, but it's a privilege to be uh, used of God. So what, do you, what did he say to you about that as, uh, as you shared it to the congregation? Well, actually, it was a Bible study that I'm doing by a woman named Christy McClelland, and it's K-R-I-S-T-I. She spells it the same way I do. She considers herself a culturalist, and what she's doing is she wrote a Bible study called Jesus and Women, and she's taking us back to first century Middle Eastern society to give us a front seat view of how women were treated and just a perspective from a first century Jewish woman. So, John, you know how like commercials often make promises, but they don't deliver on the promise? Well, in this Bible study, she said you are going to be transformed by the word of God. And I never had heard of Christy McClelland before, so I didn't have like huge expectations. The study blew me away and she exceeded any expectation I would have. I feel transformed as a result of doing this Bible study. I can't stop talking about it. And I hope there's a sequel to what she shared. It's a seven week course. And I believe she went to seminary and now she preaches or she teaches at a college. I'm assuming it's a Christian college. And what a class. 
And we're taking it slow, the Bible group of women that I'm with, but I couldn't stop. I couldn't let my foot off the gas. And so even though we're not meeting every week, I just kept going with the study. And everywhere I go, it just spills out of me. I can't not share what I learned through this study. But on week seven, so what you're asking me, I learned in week seven is opportunity exists all around you. You don't have to wait for God to give you an opportunity to serve him. It's everywhere. The issue is, or the problem, I should say, is we don't see it. We need spiritual eyes to see what God is saying in his word, and we need spiritual ears to hear what God is saying in his word. And the reason a lot of people have not received Jesus as their Savior, they don't see spiritually or hear spiritually the message of salvation. The Word of God says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And what that means is when you hear a message, whether it be a preacher or a friend or a sermon or something you hear on the radio, it activates faith within you. And the Holy Spirit uses that opportunity to draw you to him. What's amazing about Jesus is that he came to seek and to save those who are lost. It's not that we found Jesus. We weren't even looking for a Savior. He came and found us. So going back to your question about assignments, in week seven, Christy McClellan is talking about the big ask. And we are asked to partner with God, with assignments. And she posed the question, who do you think, as far as a woman is concerned, had the most difficult ask in the Bible? That's a valid question. I asked a friend of mine, and she gave me a great answer. She said, Esther. And if you remember, Esther was the queen of Persia. And in her time period, she could not see the king unless he requested to see her first, or she could be killed. And yet the Jews were under annihilation. Haman had a plan to just destroy all the Jews. And so Mordecai, who raised Esther, told her that God may have raised her for such a time as this and that she needed to go before the king to ask him to spare the Jews. That's a big ask, because if the king was displeased with her seeing him without an invitation, he could have her killed. And so she asked Mordecai for the Jewish people to fast for three days before she went and presented herself before the king. And that's a big ask. But what Christy brought out was Mary, the mother of Jesus, probably had one of the most difficult asks because when the angel Gabriel came to Mary and she was so young, you know, she could have been anywhere from 11 to 14 years old to bear the Christ child in that culture. If a woman got pregnant before being married, she could be stoned to death. In fact, Christy brought out in week seven that there are things called honor killings. And I believe they still go on today that if a family member in a Middle Eastern country, shames the family. The family will kill that individual to bring honor back to the family. So when Mary fled to her cousin Elizabeth's house after she got the news from the angel Gabriel that she would bear the Christ child, she was actually fleeing for her life. But the ask is all around us. 
There's opportunities all around us to serve God. We just don't see it. And so when she was sharing that, that we don't have to look for opportunities to serve God, they're all around us. John, (laughs) in my own life, I was seeing opportunities that were exist on a regular basis. I just didn't take advantage of it because I didn't see it for what it was. So that's what this Bible study does. It opens your eyes to the truth of God's word. And I feel like I've been transformed as a result of this Bible study. So. I had an opportunity. You asked me since it was Mother's Day if I would speak and give a Mother's Day message that focused on women. And at first, what did I say? <laughs> you said no. I said no. Yeah. I wasn't going to do it. And then afterwards, it was like the Holy Spirit started stirring in my spirit. Here's an opportunity. You need to walk through it. So then I went back and I was on the fence back and forth. I might, I might not. I might, I might not. And then I was in my devotions one morning and this passage of scripture, I read it and it just, it just felt right. And I started typing and three hours later, I had a message to share with the women and the rest is history. Yeah. I mean, it was an awesome, I mean, it was just an awesome message. And so where, where do people today within the church miss opportunities? Well, what I was sharing with the, our church is we have a prayer call every night. And anybody can get on the prayer call and we just lift up prayers for our church and any prayer requests that someone might mention on the prayer call. Just an absolute wonderful opportunity that's there every night. And I don't think people realize that here's an opportunity to partner with God because every church needs a prayer covering. And this weekend, one of our 20 somethings had an opportunity. He wanted us to help package food boxes for the elderly. And it was in Gassaway. The company was called Mountaineer Food Bank. And it was another opportunity to serve God. I didn't see it as such. And to be honest, when God asks you to do something, it is going to cost us something, John. It's going to cost us our time. It may cost us money. It's going to cost us giving up what we want to do in order to accomplish God's will. And one thing's for sure, your flesh is in conflict with the spirit. Your flesh sometimes is not going to do or want to do what God asks you to do. That's why we have to make a choice every day. Are we going to serve our flesh or are we going to crucify that flesh and honor God and submit to him uh, by our spirits? And Saturday, I did not. My flesh did not want to get up early. I like to sleep in on Saturdays, and I didn't want to drive an hour and 20 minutes to help with this outreach. But in my heart, I knew I had an opportunity. But once I got there, I had an absolute blast. It was a joy, so much fun, and I'm so glad I did. So here was another opportunity for our church to just uh, serve God. In outreach, because that's you preach that a lot that you want us to go outside the full four walls of the church and minister to our community. And here was an opportunity to do just that. And something else that you said at the beginning of your, your message mm-hmm. that really um, that really intrigued me. And there's a lot of debate about this. Is God pursuing us or are we pursuing him? Oh, God is pursuing us. He's chasing us down. You know that song, Reckless Love of God. I don't know the actual words that he's just 
um, he leaves the one, the 99 to find the one, his overwhelming precious love of God. You probably know the words better than I do. God is chasing us down. He chose you. He chose you. And something that was really interesting that Christy brought out in this Bible study in first century Middle Eastern society, the males picked the the rabbi they wanted to sit under. Women had no rights. And the whole point of this study was in Western culture, which the United States is considered a Western culture, we look at justice and righteousness in a horizontal way, right and wrong, guilty, not guilty. But in a Middle Eastern culture, they see it vertically, honor and shame. So the honorable reaches down to the shameful, lifts them up out of their shame and restores them to a place of honor and then sends them out in shalom or peace. So Jesus is honorable. He came down to earth to the shameful, which we all are in that boat because we've all sinned, lifts us out of that shame, restores us to a place of honor, and then sends us out in shalom. Peace. Now she is positioning this whole study on women, and women in first century Jerusalem had no rights. But let's go back to the males. The males in first century Middle Eastern society chose the rabbi they wanted to sit under. So they would listen to the rabbis, and then the one that they preferred, they would go to him and say, Will you disciple me? Well, Jesus was considered a rabbi, but if you think about it, he chose the 12 that he wanted to disciple. And let me read this story since we're, we're there. In Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, this is when Jesus was choosing his 12. Not He didn't choose all 12 this day, but just listen to this passage. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake, And one of the boats, which was Simon's, now Simon, Jesus changed his name to Peter. He asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats, so they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed Jesus. So here is a story about Jesus borrowing Peter's boat to preach to the multitudes. Peter had been out all night with his fishing buddies. They didn't catch one fish. And then here's this rabbi afterwards telling him to go back out into the water and let down their nets. 
Peter had a choice to make. Would he honor what the rabbi had asked him to do? Or would he, knowing he's the professional here, he's the professional fisherman, would he not do what Jesus said? And he chose to do what Jesus said, and he told him, I've been out all night and didn't catch a fish, but nevertheless, I'll let down my net. And he gathered so much fish that he had to call another boat to help him. And when they pulled the fish out of the water in the nets, it almost sank both the boats. And Peter came to a revelation. He was a sinful man. And so when he repented to God and said, depart from me, I'm a sinful man. In my opinion, that's when he received Jesus as his Lord. And then Jesus changed his assignment and said, no longer will you be a fisherman, but now you will be a fisher of men. So he put him on an assignment. And I think that's what we have. At first, we have to come to the revelation that we are lost without Christ. And we can't come to that conclusion on our own. You know, John, we cannot earn our salvation. That We can never be good enough. Mm-hmm. Our righteousness is as filthy rags to God. Jesus did it all. And it's by grace we're saved. Yes. But it's through faith. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when you hear the word of God, it's the Holy Spirit that woos you and draws you into a right relationship. He's choosing you. God is seeking you. And that's exciting to me because the fact that we have received Jesus as our Savior, it's only by the grace of God, and it's only because he chose us, John. All we have to do is accept the invitation. But it doesn't stop there. That's the beginning of the adventure. The adventure begins when you say yes to receiving Jesus as your Savior, and then the opportunity awaits. You know, oftentimes it says we're waiting on God, but the truth is God's waiting on us. There's opportunities every day to partner with God. And so I had shared in the message about, well, there's two stories, but I'll go with one. There's two sons that go to their dad. And the one says, Dad, this is what I want to do, and I want your blessing. But the other son comes up to the dad and says, Dad, what are you doing today? And dad tells him, and he says, I want to help you, Dad. Do I have your blessing? Now, which of the two do you think was more righteous? The second one. The second one. Because we shouldn't be telling God what we're going to do for him. It's almost like God is the, the potter, we're the clay. The clay doesn't tell the potter how what, what dish or cup or what to make that clay into. The clay is at the potter's hands. And the potter can make that clay anything he wants. We should just be available to whatever God wants us to do. In this message that I shared, I wanted to establish three points to the nature of God that I think is essential for us as believers to know in order to fulfill the call of God on our life. First is God is love and his will is always best. God wants what's best for you. And we need to establish in our heart to know that God's way is best. Otherwise, if God wants us to do something that's contrary to our will, we'll challenge that and think we know best. And you know what happens when we take matters into our own hands. The scripture says there's a way that seems right unto a man, but in the end it leads to destruction. And also God's thoughts are not our thoughts. 
and God's ways are not our ways. Sometimes when God asks us to do something, it's not going to make sense in the natural. In fact, it's probably going to be contrary to what would make sense. And the question is, do you trust God enough to follow through with what he's asking you to do, even if it doesn't make sense? One thing Christy McKellen brought out in the study is, as Westerners, we see and then we believe. But Middle Eastern, they believe the Word of God, and they just trust the understanding will come later, just like Abraham. You know, God asks him to leave his family and go where God sends him, but he never tells him where he's going to take him. And Abraham takes him at his word. He packs things up. He takes off. And he has no idea where he's going. That's faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, when I was preparing this message, I'm reading like three or four books at the same time. And one of them is Experiencing God. Do you remember that back in the day? The gentleman who wrote the book, his last name's Blackaby. I, I can't remember the first name right now. I can't recall it. But he was talking about pastoring a church in Canada, and the church was a mission church, and the board wanted to plant three new churches this particular year. Unfortunately, their conference didn't have any money to support this mission they wanted to do, and they didn't have any money to pay the preacher, the preachers that they wanted to start these church plants. Well, there was one preacher, and I forget what state he was from. I want to say California, but that may not be true. Anyway, he had already committed to leaving his church, moving his family to Canada, and to be the pastor of one of these church plants. Well, to make sure that the board was truly serving God and heard from the Holy Spirit what God wanted to do, he asked the board to pray again earnestly until they knew for sure what God's will was. So they prayed. And they came back and they said, we are sure that God wants us to plant three churches, despite the fact that the conference didn't have the money to pay any of the pastors or help them in any way. So they went ahead and did what they believed God was telling them to do, even though it didn't make sense. Well, guess what happened? There was a woman that passed away who had told Pastor Blackaby that when she died, she was willing part of her money, her estate, to his church to put towards church plants. He also got a letter in the mail from a church he had never heard of before, had had no dealings with this church. And I believe this church was from Arkansas, but again, I may be wrong. And in the letter, they said, we feel led to give 1% of what we give to missions to your church. And guess what? That money not only paid for this pastor's first year salary, but it also paid for the moving expenses to move him from California to Canada. Wow. So going back to this, God is love. His will is always best. If we don't trust that God is love, we're going to take matters into our own hands and we may miss what God is asking us to do. Because a lot of times, Christine, you know, in, in our marriage and in, in our life, many times it's it's been on trust on God. You know, we're trusting on God. We're believing on, you know, for God to move in, in our lives. 
But does does people when people can't see it, does that sometimes stop them from the opportunity? Absolutely. But this isn't to condemn them and it's not meant to convict them. If anything, it's to encourage them. I feel like a cheerleader, John. I just want to encourage people to open their eyes to the opportunities that might be right in front of them. I didn't, I wasn't aware of it till I read the seventh chapter of this book by Christy McClelland. I mean, it's opened my eyes to see things that I didn't see before. Again, going back to faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. One of the things that you, uh, you talked about in your sermon, um, was about how how the the priests uh, like for an example he would give the illustration of taking his finger and dipping it in mm-hmm. honey. Talk a little bit about that and how we're taught. Well, when we first started this Bible study, Christy said we're having a yeshiva, which is a feast, and she didn't want us to look at it as Bible study that we were just reading the word of God. She wanted us to look at it, that we were being spiritually fed by the hand of God. And that's the way rabbis teach their disciples. So if a rabbi was going to a grade school and he wanted to teach them Psalm 119, 103, that says, how sweet are your words to the taste of my mouth, sweeter than honey to my mouth. This is what he'd do. He would take a piece of wax paper and put it in front of each child's seat. And then he would put a little drop of honey on the wax paper. And he would tell the kids to take their pinky, dip it in the honey, and then take their finger and put it on their tongue. And as they're tasting the honey, this is what he'd say. How sweet are your words to the taste of my mouth, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Now... If you were in that same classroom in the West, in the United States, the teacher would just be teaching you a lesson and then testing you afterwards to see how well you retain that information. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just where we learn one way. They take in all the senses. They want to use like hands on and taught using all your senses to get the message across. And so every time you met with Christy on this Bible study, because there's videos you'd watch every week, she would just tell you to consider you're having a feast and Mm. that she's serving you directly from God's table. And wow, you are so full by the end of this feast. You're not even physically hungry because you're so spiritually fed. (laughs) <laughs> it's amazing. I was talking to a, a a lady this past week, and we were talking about Bible studies, and we were talking about how God can talk to you through that. But this person said that you know their Bible study was just like they they just didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like they just couldn't. I mean, they love God and they want to walk with God, but but the Bible study was just so hard to to do or reading your Bible and. So what do you tell the people that are listening and watching? Um, You know, it's like they're dry. They don't have a Bible study. They have no communication with God. What's some of the first steps to to liven it up a little? Well, I would recommend if it's a woman, I would recommend Christy McClelland 
M-C-C-E-L-L-A-N-D, Jesus and Women. And you could buy it on ChristianBook.com, Amazon. Probably if you just Googled it, it would show up. It's it's amazing. John, we were talking to Pastor Jay and Sam, and I was asking Sam how their women's ministry was going, and she said, great, and I recommended this book. And I think Jay said, send me a picture of it. I'll, I'll look into it. But we were just talking about it, and the next thing I know, he'd ordered it while we were sitting there at the table because... I guess when I was sharing with him how amazing it was, he he bought the story. And I'm telling you, it's worth every dime that you spend. It's just an incredible uh, study. It's the best I've ever done, and I've done several. Yes, you have. Over the years, God has just used you in, in a mighty way. And this sermon, if you've not heard it, we want to encourage you to go to the Pulse WV Live, and you can be able to catch it on Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts. We encourage you to listen to the message. There's not a dry moment in it. It's a great message. So, Christy, what do you say as we wind this up today um, to get people to Jesus? What what do you say to them that will give them an opportunity to be saved? John, I can't say anything. It's Jesus. It's all Jesus. You know, we are just to be his hands and feet. We just need to be available to God just to share the gospel message of salvation. But they're receiving Christ as their Savior. That's between them and the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that works through an individual that just can break through that spiritual blindness and that spiritual deafness to reach a soul for Christ. But if you hear the message, that is your day of salvation. That is your day of visitation from God. And I wouldn't uh, walk away from that. I would not walk away from that. When you hear the word of God and you recognize your need for a savior, all you have to do is accept that invitation. And I guarantee you will begin the adventure of a lifetime. And then when you accept Jesus into your life, if you need a Bible, all you have to do is message Christy or me and uh, or Pastor Jay or John Sandy, we will send you a Bible free of charge, courtesy of the Pulse WV Live. Christy, great message. Thanks for being on the show today. It's my yeah. pleasure. Awesome. If you want to be a part of this ministry, one of the ways that you can do that is by texting the word Pulse, P-U-L-S-E, 1304-244-3187. You can also go to thepulsechurch.com and give through PayPal. Or mail your love gift to P.O. Box 141, Gasaway, West Virginia, 26624. Hey, don't forget to download the app. Go to the App Store if you have an iPhone, the Pulse WV Live, or also the uh, Android. Go to the Google Store, download the app, the Pulse WV Live. Free of charge, courtesy of the Pulse WV Live. It's 24 hours a day, seven days a week, music and ministry. You don't want to miss it. Tell your friends. And we... We'll love you forever for doing that. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Please share the broadcast. Let people know that we're broadcasting live on the Pulse WB Live.